welcome back, everyone, to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm your host, Doug Kameen, and today I'm talking with Jason Metzger, IT manager at AC Corporation in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Jason. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. So, Jason, you know, we love getting on people who have, uh, you know, big backgrounds in, in, in leadership and variety of different types of IT, IT work. Uh, you know, you caught our eye uh, as, as somebody who's who's doing some great work in the field. Can you can you tell us a little bit about your background in IT and uh, you know, maybe a little bit what you're doing right now and and a little bit about uh, how you got to what you're doing right now? So currently I'm working for AC Corporation, which is uh, we're HVAC um, installers for corporation and maintainers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's kind of a new gig for me. And it was my first official um, management job. So, like, I am new to the official management or leadership uh, role. Um, I, I feel like I've done it for a long time, uh, leading specific teams and, and kind of stepping up to the plate when, when uh, no one else would. But, uh, yeah, this is the, official, the, the first time that I have it, the title to go with it. So, it's... Uh, been a blessing truly and uh i'm excited to see what's next nice and you know it, you bring up a great point about how so much of the time when we get into you know so many of us in it and especially as we move into leadership you spend a ton of time not being the leader in title but being the leader in practice and and i think that's that's probably a great I'd love to dive into that a little bit more because uh, I think there's probably some valuable insight that you could share uh, that, that the listeners on the podcast would love to hear a little bit more about. When you know, so you, you know, you're you're new into being an official IT manager within the last year at AC Corporation, but for many many years, and I'm just taking a quick peek at your, you know, I'm doing the cheat sheet here where I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. But you know, you did a ton of like systems administration work. You worked for companies like John Deere and Honda, uh, you know, and stuff like that in the past. So so where did you Fine, because leadership in IT is not just about having the title, it's about doing the work. So where did you find that you were doing leadership work and, and how did that manifest in the in the, the roles you had before? I worked for an MSP and uh, there was a lot of leadership uh, opportunities there. Um, we had uh, uh, a large group of um, level one techs that were learning the ropes and handling most of the initial contact calls and everything like that. And, uh, they constantly need, you know, pointers and, um, little tricks and tips that you've picked up over the years, not just technical tips, but ways to handle people. And that is kind of, is a very critical thing when you're in it. And it's something that, is sorely lacking <laughs> from my experience anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've um, working in the MSP uh, really gave me uh, the launching pad to to work with other people and in my own field. Um, then moving to teams, uh, larger teams like uh, Honda Aircraft Company, a good team there, and uh, John Deere Kernersville. Yeah, th- those are both. I mean. I hated to leave John Deere Kernersville. I had a fantastic team there. Uh, they're a bunch of great guys. And uh, the mentoring went 
um, back and forth. So it wasn't just me doing it or somebody else doing it. We were constantly teaching each other. And that's, that's super important to break down the silos and even in a department to, uh, to make it a safe place to learn instead of like, I got to beat the next person out so that I get the promotion, you know, mm-hmm. that's sort of yeah. mentality. So now, it, it, it's it, absolutely sage, you know, sage advice about two-way mentoring and, and, and how the relationship, even, even when you're the manager works, works in both directions, you know? So, mm-hmm. so like, were there, were there any specific like tactics or anything else that you used that to try and, and provide mentorship for the other, the other folks that you were working with, where you kind of like perceived like, okay, I, you know, this is something I can really help them with. And, and, you know, but I, I want to make sure I do it right. You know, so what, what did, what, what kind of ways did you approach that? Yeah. Uh, I think most IT guys are, <laughs> I can speak for myself. I'm, I'm a very prideful individual. And if I'm not approached appropriately uh, about something that I could improve on and that I can learn from, uh, I'm, I'm just going to uh, kind of blow it off or get defensive. And so that, that's one of the things I learned early on, um, by the way, I was, I was reacting to people. And so I would, you know, talk to them as if the way I would like to be spoken to and approached. And it was more like, Hey, you're doing a fantastic job. Just wanted to share with you something that I've experienced in the past, you know, take it or leave it. And, uh, it might, might help you out. And, you know, that type of attitude going forward, um, I, I feel like it breaks down a lot of walls and uh, they're not on their heels at that point. You know, they're like, OK, I, I want to know what you have to offer here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that like, I think they used to call it like this. I'm sure they still call it this, but like the sandwich approach to to, uh, you know, criticisms yeah, exactly. or, 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 you know, <laughs> like you're doing great, pal. By the way, you know, there's one thing you could approve on. By the way, you're amazing. You know, so, yeah, exactly. you know, and, uh, and, and that's that's so true. Like so many of us at IT, we get into we get into the work because we're we're intelligent folks, you know, like there's, it, it, it generally requires a certain level of of um, intuitive knowledge to do this. And, you know, right alongside that can kind of come a, a feeling of like, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me what's up. I got this, man. At Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, we expect to win and we expect our IT directors to win. And one of those areas where we know that we can help you win is internet service providers. As an IT director tasked with managing internet connectivity, few vendor relationships can prove more painfully frustrating than the one with your internet service provider. The array of challenges seems never ending from unreliable uptime and insufficient bandwidth to poor customer service and hidden fees. It's like getting stuck in rush hour traffic dealing with isps can try one's patience even on the best of days so whether you are managing one location or a hundred locations our back office support team and vendor partners are the best in the industry and the best part about this is none of this will ever cost you a dime due to the partnership and the sponsors that we have behind the scenes at dissecting popular it nerds let us show you how we can manage away the mediocrity 
and hit it out of the park. We start by mapping all of the available fiber routes and we use our 1.2 billion in combined customer buying power in massive economy of scale to map all of your locations, to overcome construction fees, to use industry historical data, to encourage providers to compete for the lowest possible pricing, to negotiate the lowest rates guaranteed, and to provide fast response times in hours, not days. And we leverage aggregators and wholesale relationships to ensure you get the best possible pricing available in the marketplace. And on top of all of this, you get proactive network monitoring and proactive alerts so that you're not left calling 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND to enter in a ticket number and wonder, why is my internet connection down? In short, we are the partner that you have always wanted who understands your needs, your frustrations, and knows what you need without you having to ask. So we're still human, but we are some of the best and we aim to win. This all starts with a value discovery call where we find out what you have, why you have it, and what's on your roadmap. All you need to do is email internet at popularit.net and say, I want help managing all of my internet garbage. Please make my life easier and we'll get right on it for you. Have a wonderful day. The internal perception of like, I want to be perceived like so much of so many folks in IT, there's a trying to think of how to best to describe it. There's a, there's a feeling that you're expected to know a lot of things. And, um, so, so it could really quickly fall into the trap of, you know, geez, if I, if I don't know this, is somebody going to think like less of my, my abilities or capabilities and stuff like that? And, and actually, I, I guess I'll, maybe I'll kick that over to you. And like, how do you, how do you deal with, with that kind of feeling? Like, as you, you know, you, you shared like your, you know, prideful, you you have prideful interest. You learn to to build into that. So, what you know? How did you handle that type of aspect of it as well? Yeah, there's a there's a couple things that actually touches on a lot of things in my mind. Um, one of the things is the confidence comes from being able to admit that um, you were wrong. You you made a mistake, um, and uh, you know that that is paramount because. We all heard, you know, being able to admit that you don't know something is really critical, and and it is. But I think it's a step further when you can say, "I made a mistake. I'm owning up to it." Uh, a lot of places, a lot of people encourage um, behaviors that cover up mistakes, and you know, we see the Fortune 500 companies that we want to be as the companies who respond properly to things that they've done wrong or threats that they've incurred in their organizations. So uh, they're up front, they're out there saying, this is what happened. This is what we did about it. This is what we're going to do about it in the future. And that's the kind of the proper response we need to have as individuals. Um, and, you know, we're not on a huge stage a lot of times, but sometimes it's just between you and a coworker. I mm -hmm. made a mistake. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's that's such a that's such an important. I think there was a prior guest on the podcast who we, we, he and I had a conversation about that as well about having um, accountability without blame, you know, and mm -hmm. and the importance of that, like to to be able to safely step forward and say, "Hey, this mistake was made. I understand how the mistake was made." Um, you know, it, it got around our process or that wasn't, you know, I, there was a failure on my part to, to do a step that I, you know, I just, I missed and I'll, you know, what, but what's the corrective action to do that? Not what's the punishment going to be for having, having missed it. Exactly. I, I totally like I have three children and, 
talking to them is a lot more like management <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh what i've been trying to trying to impress upon them recently is you make a mistake it costs a lot of money and you know you can either count that as an expensive lesson or you can repeat that lesson and have to pay for it all over again and you just wasted your money the first time first go around so mm-hmm. it's if if you have a right mental um outlook on things um you're going to even when you make mistakes you're going to come out on top so is it is it like this is the old story and i'm gonna you know i'll say it and then watch you know somebody will fact check me and it'll be it'll be i'll cite it incorrectly but it wasn't like the henry <laughs> it was like the henry ford thing where he somebody you know some factory issue happened and it cost twenty thousand dollars of course in like 1915 twenty thousand dollars was an enormous sum of money uh mm-hmm. and and you know the newspaper comes and interviews him and says well hey you know you made this this mistake was made you know maybe it was maybe it's thomas watson and ibm I mean, one of the two but uh you know, it's like, you know, you know, this mistake, there's an aren't you going to, who are you going to be firing for this? And he, he responded back to say, well, you know, I just spent that money teaching them how not to do it again, you know? And, um, exactly. yeah, that's one of those like business, those business stories that gets passed on, you know, the myths of business. So in your, in your role here at AC corporation, you know, as you mentioned, you're new, you're in your first year, what what's what's the daily life like now and and what's different for you like you're you know you mentioned this is your first your first role in management so like you have you have almost like a fresh set of eyes for for the people listening to the podcast about i've made this transition you know in the in the recent past uh and here it's like fresh in my mind what's what's so different about it yeah so um it's it's been great to i, I told my fiance that I feel like stepping into this role has been a very natural progression and it just, uh, it feels right. Um, so many times I've wanted to, um, stand up or stand, stand in the gap between someone who's being either mismanaged or mistreated and, um, and, and kind of just take, take the hit and, and the buffer. And now I have the opportunity to actually do that. And so it's been nice to you know one of my employees is mistreated by some irate uh co-worker who is just at the end of his rope and that's it's unfortunate it happens we're all human mm-hmm. and to be able to to step in between and go no no we're going to we're going to deal with this we're going to take care of this and to say to my employee nobody deserves to be treated like that and I'm sorry you had to to deal with that. You know, you should be able to wake up every morning not dreading going to work, and mm-hmm. and that's the kind of environment I'd like to foster. Um, I feel like uh, <laughs> there's a famous quote, not so famous, maybe infamous, but uh, a movie uh, by Jimmy Stewart, Harvey, in 1950, mm-hmm. and okay. his quote is, um, "In this world, uh, you can be oh so smart." Or oh so pleasant, and he said, "I've I've been smart for so many years." And he said, "I recommend pleasant," and that is that's kind of one of my guiding quotes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're all so smart all the time in IT, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we we got to know everything, and if we don't know it, we got to figure it out. So if uh, if you get to the point that you're relying on that more than you're relying on treating people with respect and kindness, then um, you're not you're not going to do so well. And there's um, 
there's actually, I'm in North Carolina. So mm -hmm. there's a company that I've always been intrigued by and wanted to work at. Um, one of the previous companies I've worked for was Superfeet Worldwide in, in Washington State. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal company, great culture, right? And that's so important. So this company that I've looked at is uh, formerly known as N2 Publishing. And they've won accolades for being, you know, the best company in North Carolina for years and years. And their tagline, and they're very upfront about this, we will not hire smart jerks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have, that, they have a, no, a no jerks policy. That's yeah, and that's fantastic. like, that's insanely, that's, that's where I want to work, right? Because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good you are at your job. If you can't get along with everyone else, then... That's that's really going to be counterproductive for everyone. So and, and actually that leads right into the next thing I was going to ask you about, which was that, you know, looking through your history, you mentioned you were in Washington, uh, Washington State, and now you're in North Carolina. So you made a cross country move. Um, and uh, but this, you know, going back even further, you know, we talked at the beginning of the episode about how you've moved for your, your career. You know, you're a systems administrator, did a lot of different work in a number of different places. But but before that. Um, you know, how did you come to be, how did you come to be in technology? I guess it's the, maybe the, the, the pertinent question that we ask people, uh, here on the podcast, uh, cause everybody has a different story and, yeah. and some of it isn't even technology related, you know, so, you know, there's people who, who are like, oh, I was, I was, I was a copywriter and somebody just was like, Hey, can you do this thing? And I happen to be good at it, you know? And yeah. so, so what's your story? Yeah, I, I have a very sordid story, but I won't bore you with all the details. I mean, you, you've seen the LinkedIn profile. Um, I think it's one of the things I've regretted the most is the spottiness of my profile. I'm here for three years, four years, three years, three years. You know, it's 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 been unfortunate events that have um, landed me in different at different places at different times. And uh, coming from a blue collar family, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think my dad worked 27 years in his first job and then, um, you know, more than that in his second one before he retired. And mm -hmm. that is, you know, he was a cop in Philadelphia for 27 years. And, wow. the, you know, I come from a law enforcement family and that's what I was going to go into. And I was even on the wait list and, um, I passed all my tests and everything. And, mm -hmm. and then I, it, it, strangely enough, it was my mother who talked me out of it. She said, uh, you know what your father put us through <laughs> with shift work and uh, us not knowing if he was going to come home at night. So um, I, I didn't want to do that. My future family mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, decided to end, to enter into the IT world and go back to school and uh, get a degree there. Um, it, it was, I love people. I love working with people. So that was kind of, I was like, I don't want to sit behind a computer screen and program all day long. Although I love to program. Mm -hmm. I just, I want the interaction, right? So um, I found out that I could do both and uh, did the sysadmin route um, from an early age. I mean, my parents would hand me toys and the first words out of their mouth was, don't take this one apart, Jason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, it was all, take it apart, put it back together, have, have to figure out how it works. And mm -hmm. that's kind of IT in a nutshell right there. So the uh, the progression was natural, went into, uh, got my degree in 
it was just a, a two-year degree, but um, I did it in a year, just over a year, mm-hmm. and uh, jumped into my first job. I My first boss, Jason Kelly, took a chance on me. Um, he saw I had a great GPA, but one of the first... One of the last interview questions he gave me was, um, I remember this so clearly. He's like, what's the OSI model? And I was like, oh, no. Because that's like something they teach in the first quarter. All seven layers, man. Yeah. And I (laughs) skipped skipped two-thirds of the first year. So uh, (laughs) I, I I could not give it to him. And he, and I think he walked out the door and uh, with me and he said, yeah, it would have been weird having two Jasons in the IT department. And that was what he left me with. And then a couple of days later, he offered me the job. But, <laughs> um, but he, he was a great mentor, kind of showed me the ropes. And uh, I got yelled at so much <laughs> because I, w- I was such an idiot. And uh, I can totally see that. But uh, throughout the my careers or throughout my jobs in my career. Um, I've had some great mentors, some not so great managers, and it's all taught me um, what I want to be and what I don't want to be and and what I want to do for others. So it's been good. Uh, So I want to touch on the mentorship part that you, you, you you talked about a little bit. Uh, When we do, when, when, which, you said you you had this gentleman Jason, Jason uh, another another Jason. So yeah. the other Jason, we'll call him on the podcast. The other Jason <laughs> mentored you, uh, and and even when you were green, you know you're you're fresh out of college, you're really transitioning into this work, and you know you you acknowledge you know older you recognizes younger you made yeah. a ton of mistakes and probably deserved, if you will, to be like, what are you doing, man? Uh, but he still but he stuck by you, you know, and that's that's like the. One of the best things he saw the potential and he pushed you forward and he carried you through to to further success. Um, like how you know, and I, I'm I'm going to make I'm going to go on the limb and I'll just state I'm assume I'm going to say you're probably doing that for other people right now. Um, I really do hope so. Um, I I hope to uh, my second boss uh, Mike Lindemann. He was fantastic as well. And the thing he brought to the table is he was so consistent every day in day out didn't matter what was happening in his personal life or corporate life he was always just straight as an arrow and uh i i never (laughs) i never recognized that or appreciated that until after i didn't have that anymore like the calm Uh, the calm like the not i'm not gonna freak out demeanor like oh it was just coming in we're like we're gonna get this done buildings burning down they're like look Billy's on fire. Perhaps we should work. Exactly. Let's, let's get to work on this. He's just unshakable. Right. And then, uh, you know, I, I have a bad day at home or whatever. I come in and I'm you know, the first person who walks in my door is going to hear about it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, It's not so bad anymore, but that it, that's the kind of attitude I want to have, which is uh, consistency and safety for the employees uh, that I'm over. And, you know, they don't, they don't need to come in and be abused. So, mm-hmm. so, so now you mentioned your father, your father was in law enforcement. And so, yeah. so I, I'm assuming that means you grew up in Philadelphia. 
yeah, first first decade of my life I was there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So so now I I live in I live in upstate New York uh, in the the Binghamton area. So I'm only mm. a couple hours away from Philadelphia from where I live. There you go. Um, but uh, I the question I have is there's having law enforcement. Uh, you know, father and law enforcement in your family, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of lessons about leadership or followership that come yeah. from seeing the things that, that he did. Um, what, what, what things, what like big things that you take away from that, that do you think you apply today in the world that you, you know, how you approach your job and the daily work you do? Man, there's a, a ton of stories that he's passed on to me. I've heard him multiple times, <laughs> but, uh, um, he uh he was a really good supervisor um mm -hmm. and and he was a great detective so those are skills that i'm definitely gonna use throughout my career and being able to differentiate between what's fact and what's fiction is great being able to uh, stand up to those who are in power over you that you know are are not respecting uh, you know, logic and, and analytical thinking, uh, that's important and, and, and doing what's right. That's, that's what my dad taught me do what's right. And I think that, um, my dad's consistency was going to work every day and not always enjoying it and just doing it and doing it well. And I, <laughs> he, he was, he was always preparing, uh, at home. I remember him watching Tour of Duty, uh, which is an old uh, military series, and mm -hmm. he's he's spit shining his boots, and he's putting military creases in his pants, and he's not getting paid for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he he just took real pride in what he did, and that's something he's passed on to me, and it's something that it's it's on my. My resume, it's uh, something I bring up when they say, why should we hire you? It's because I'm going to do the best job I can possibly do with the most menial tasks you could possibly give me. And when no one's looking, because that's how I was trained and mm -hmm. that's how I was brought up. Uh, that's a, that's a great, that's a great background. And, and, you know, kudos to your, to your dad for his, uh, th uh, thank you for his law enforcement service too you know like that's mm -hmm. it's a tough job I, I was cio of uh you know the counties here in the area that i live at for for a number of years and i worked with the law enforcement folks there you know we supported all their work and it's it's a it's a challenging um you know and, and at times thankless you know thankless role um in, in you know in, in being out there and, and doing that work um especially in a, in a major city like philadelphia mm -hmm. um where there's just so many different things going on um so just going back into the past again, <laughs> uh, I love I love plumbing out the history of leaders and like all the different pieces and components that made you made you kind of like who you are. You know, this is we're dissecting popular IT nerds, so let's dissect away. Uh, mm -hmm. But your first computer, what was you mentioned? They told you not to take apart all the the various comp you know things you were given. But yeah. what was your what was your first computer? And this sort of sometimes this defines the era in which somebody kind of comes up, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> my parents, both of them, uh, not very tech savvy whatsoever. And, but my mother identified that this computer thing is probably going to be a big thing. 
and we should probably jump into it. And so she talked my father into buying a leading edge 486E. And that was my first computer. And it was four megs of RAM. And Oh, that was a lot, had, man. Yeah, it had a four, four megahertz processor in it. No, not four. Uh, sorry, 33 megahertz processor, I believe. Uh-huh. And uh, didn't have a graphics card, didn't have a sound card, didn't have CD-ROM, nothing. Did it, did it have a modem? Did it have like a 1200-baud modem? It, it, did not it didn't have even have a modem. modem. No, we didn't have the internet. And yeah. I try to tell my children that, and they just, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to them whatsoever. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And to think about, so, so think, you know, think about our kids. You know, I have two kids too. And, and just like you, you talk about, you talk to your kids about how the past went down. It, it, you know, for us, this is like the recent past, you know, so now it's like we're, we're, we're understanding the story of our parents where, you know, here we were in the nineties, the you know, the eighties, the nineties. And we're getting this new thing and we're like, oh, look at all this stuff. And our parents are like, you know, we're, we're at the time we were having our own trouble comprehending how it worked for them. You mm-hmm. know, how exactly did this function, you know, what's a party line for a phone, you know, what's yeah. a, like, you know, and it just didn't, it didn't compute for, for us as to how different it could be in the past. And it's certainly the story of, you know, that's the story of life, right? That's sort of the circle Absolutely. of life and stuff. Um, so those, that computer what did you what did you use that computer for? Oh, I destroyed that computer. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that thing had to be rebuilt so many times and fixed so many times by various other people who uh, my parents made friends with just for the sole purpose to to get me out of trouble. Um, and I I remember as a kid, I I would just sit there and take it all in. Like everything that they would do, I would watch them and make sure that I could fix it next time or I could figure out why it did this or that. And uh, that was kind of a critical part of my growing up because we didn't have the internet. I had a list that I kept in my nightstand and it was <laughs> it was a list of questions that I had, like how does geosynchronous orbit work and different things, you know, just many different things that I would think of, you know, I remember asking my chiropractor, who is very, very knowledgeable in, in uh, a lot of things, uh, what what we were going to be using for internet medium in the next twenty years, and and him just looking at this kid, me, and going, "What? Why are you asking me this?" Like, but I I would I would soak people for their information um, as much as I could, and that was another mentor uh, told me. I was expressing that uh, I can't figure out something that this person doesn't know. Like everything I bring up, they know about. And he's like, just just soak it up, Jason. Just bleed them dry because uh, that's how you gain knowledge. And and that's how we had to do it before the internet. So mm-hmm. uh, fixing that computer, um, even when we got our new one, I remember that went to my bedroom and I kept tinkering with it and working on it for many years after it was viable <laughs> so it's just uh it was a good learning thing learning device and uh and my parents were were very they took a risk and i think it paid off several thousand dollars back then mm-hmm. was was a lot of money and they they took the the leap and uh and now look at 
you know, I'm an IT manager. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Success. Yeah. <laughs> it paid off. Uh, so the, the, you know, I was thinking what, so this is more, this one's more of just a, a, uh, this question is just more, uh, I call it humorous questions, you know, just like plumbing the, plumbing the depths of information that we can, we can find out. Is there any old tech that you hang on to? Like, you're almost like embarrassed to share. You're like, oh, uh, you know, I still, I still use this thing. I still have a Palm Pilot, for instance. Or, you know, <laughs> um, I, I think I have every single phone that I've ever owned, uh, which is, you know, they, they come out when we're cleaning the garage or whatever. And my kids are like, what is this? Like, yeah. you know, they, they don't understand what a desk phone is. I mean, I brought home a brand new state of the art IP phone mm-hmm. and I was testing it out from home. And they took one look at that thing and went, why do you have this old phone? And I'm like, this thing is brand spanking new. Like they just don't, (laughs) they're like, if it has a cord, it's old. So, but I have, yeah, all, all the phones I've ever owned. And, uh, I don't think I have anything else that's super embarrassing. I had to downsize a lot. Um, and, uh, and thank goodness because there's, I'll give you a little insight to AC Corporation, and it kind of goes along the same path that you were going. Uh, this place is like you walk into the doors, and it's like going through a time machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I we're on you know stream, so I can't actually show you, but there is uh, a phone that was just retired that was uh, 28 years old, uh-huh. and um, that's kind of an idea of how long they've keep te- they keep tech going here and uh it's a different era we're reinventing the entire office the entire organization mm-hmm. a lot of low hanging fruit i mean it's all over the ground it's so low hanging and uh we we're still uh transitioning to using room resources and outlook instead of writing uh the schedule out on a laminated piece of paper on the outside of the conference door. So mm-hmm. it's things like that, that um, the, the amount of paper that has been digitized and is still around here is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. If if we still smoked in the building, it would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I just did a quick little click around on AC. You know, so like AC Corporation, they've been around since 1935. So like, it's, yes. a, it's you know, and they build industrial machinery. And one of the classic stories of industrial machinery work is that once like the machinery that builds machinery, if you know, if you will, it literally never breaks. Like yeah. it, it, what does it? I mean, it, it has breakdowns, but yeah. the, the, the tooling, the die machines, you know, the, the, you know, the metal stamping machines and stuff like that, they just, they last forever. And they have you know, to, yeah. yeah. So like you'll walk into this place and you're like, you, you mentioned it feels like a time machine and it's almost like it's it, it, in some ways there's like, there's an opportunity for updates. And in some ways it's a testament to how ridiculously, uh, uh, r- how ridiculously well it was done the first time yeah. as well. You know, like, yeah, you're, you're... <laughs> yeah they've taken it kind of to uh, an obnoxious level, but it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what they've done across the board. They they describe themselves in my interview process as being lean and mean. Mm-hmm. And it's it's true. They've 
I mean, my boss who is uh, retiring here this year, mm-hmm. I'll be taking his spot as director in IT. And uh, he's been with the company for, I think, 41 years. Wow. And he's he's not the longest. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's been um, many who've been here for uh, half a century. That's that's a phenomenally long time to be in a position and in a in a company. Mm-hmm. Um, that says something about the company, and it's one of the reasons why I came here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you walked into the '70s when you walked through the door. But who cares mm-hmm. if people are staying here that long? Then there's got to be something to it. The culture Don't, has to be doing something, something right. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, this is Phil Howard, founder of Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I just want to take a few minutes to address something. It has become fairly apparent, I'm sure all of you will agree, over the years, that slow vendor response, vendor response times, vendors in general, the, the average is mediocre. Support is mediocre. Mediocrity is the name of the game. Not only is this a risk to your network security, because I've seen vendors on numerous occasions share sensitive information, but there's also a direct correlation to your budget and your company's bottom line. Not to mention the sales reps that are trying to sell you and your CEO and your CFO on a daily basis. That causes a whole nother realm of problems that we don't have time to address. Our back office program at Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, we've put together specifically for IT leadership, and it's on a mission to eliminate this mediocrity. And the best part is that we're doing this in a way that will not cost your IT department a dime. So if you'd like us to help you out, get better pricing, better support, and jump on pressing issues in minutes, not days, then contact us now so we can get on a a call with you and conduct a value discovery session where we find out what you have, why you have it, and where you want to go and how we can improve your your life, your IT department, and your company's bottom line. What you're going to end up with is number one, just faster support from partners who care about your organization's uptime and bottom line. And because you're going to be able to access our 1.2 billion in combined buying power, you'll be able to benefit uh, significantly from historical data. And on top of that, you'll also benefit from the skills of hundreds of on-demand experts that we have working behind the scenes that are all attached to our back office support program. So if you'd like, again, none of this is ever going to cost you a dime. At the very least, it's going to open your, your eyes to what's possible. Let our back office team provide you the high touch solutions and support that your IT team deserves so that you can stop calling 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND for support. Now, if you're wondering, what does this apply to? This applies to your ISPs, your telecom providers, all your application providers, whether you're a Microsoft shop or a Google shop, what you might be paying for AWS, even Azure, co-location space, any of those vendors that you're paying a monthly bill to, we can help you with. Hey, it's Greg, the Frenchman secretly managing the podcast behind the curtain. To request your one-on-one call, contact us at internet at popularit.net. And remember, it will never cost you a dime. The people on the podcast can't see this, but, you know, we're, we're talking on a video call. And, yeah. you know, so in the background, um, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing Batman's lair. So that's not a sequel. <laughs> so we're clear, right? Like, <laughs> no, that, that is not. Um, it's a... 
it's actually I can't I'm trying to take it off so you can see more, but the <laughs> the Batman Lair thing actually came up. Um I started doing video um kind of announcements and walkthroughs mm-hmm. uh to get away from the emails that nobody reads, you know, TLGR. Uh they just delete it or shelve it somewhere. I'll read this later. They never do. So mm-hmm. I we got a new phone system. I'm like I need some buy-in uh, to this phone system. I need people to be excited about it and everything. So uh, my first email was like a one-liner. It's like, I saved you the email. Here's a video. And it was a two-minute video. And um, I had planned a whole series where <laughs> I had different backgrounds, different locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one came out and everybody's calling me Batman. And uh, I just earned a nickname here. And I said, well, I can't change it now. So it's kind of been a permanent fixture uh, of the uh, of my teams and, and um, stream and all that. Well, that's that's an amazing story. So so that's a great uh, it's like a great like leadership, a little leadership tidbit right there is you came in and you did something just out of the blue kind of different you know you you recognize that people were going to read your email so you just you're like i'm going to get on video and i'm going to do this and 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 people loved it yeah and and it, that's that's great yeah i love things like that that are win-win for everyone um mm-hmm. it, it's it's difficult you walk into a place like this they've been around forever and the biggest fear for i think most of us humans are is change and so they see the company reinventing itself and mm-hmm. they get they get a little nervous and that is perfectly understandable and you got to be sensitive with that right you have to say okay change has to happen but we want to make it good change we, we don't want to lose um the culture in the process it's something i learned at superfeed uh as you grow uh things will shift but uh the way you do business, the way you interact and have relations, that, that that's all uh, something that you can maintain. And, um, you know, I, now I took my background off. You can see mm-hmm. this is my blackboard, right? Yeah. It's actually, it's it's a glass, you know, yeah. dry erase board. But I made it black because to kind of pay homage to the old chalkboards the old uh-huh. you know blackboards so this is when i say i wrote it on my blackboard i really you know i did and uh i do like that uh, board i'm not gonna lie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've been installing white ones yeah. throughout my you know my offices yeah. where we're redoing our our meeting rooms and stuff like that and i'm like oh that's that's a that's a nice board you got there <laughs> <laughs> it's super helpful um it just gets my thought out thoughts out on the, the wall and then I can put them in the planner or whatever. Hmm. So now I'm going to, this is, I'm going to ask this question because of the Batman thing. So <laughs> Star Trek or Star Wars or neither? Mm. Is there a both, both option? Or both. I, I like, you can choose I both. Like both. You can choose both. I'm a next generation kind of guy. That's what I grew up on. So, you know, that's, uh, Picard is, is my guy. And, yeah. uh, as far as uh, Star Wars, I, I love it all. It's hard to keep up with the new stuff because mm-hmm. the cadence is is probably enough for a normal person. But when you're burning the wick at both ends, 
not you're not keeping up with some of these series, but I, I enjoy both of them uh, equally. Yeah, I, I I have no specific issue with Star Wars, although I am I would I would put myself very squarely in the Star Trek camp. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Star Trek guy, and and actually my, with my my older son, we he and I are. Uh, I've introduced him to Star Trek and he loves it. So we've been steadily working our way through all the different series. We're currently in the middle of Next Generation right now. So we did Deep Space Nine and and uh, Star Trek Enterprise. And then we actually we started with the, the the newest. Well, now it's not the newest, newest, but Star Trek Discovery, which is one of the newer ones. Yeah. Um, and just uh, so. So, yeah, but like there's and it's as I'm watching the next generation, I there were so many like classic leadership lessons that were built into that show all the time you know i think about how you know people like you and i who grew up in that era when that was all fresh stuff on on tv you know that was the new show and and the 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 lessons that we took away uh that we probably use to this day you know that we don't even think about you know uh uh, my son uh and i just watched oh what was the there was um, we haven't gotten to the one with uh, what is it the you know Darmok when the walls fell you know the the gentleman who who speaks in metaphors all the time <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. but we did we did have the packlets you know the you know can you make us go uh, you know we're strong yeah and <laughs> if you think about the tactics that everybody used to get around this and stuff like that and and how they how they solved the different problems so it's there's like I I share that with my son thinking about how you know how it influenced me in the way that i think about stuff and even leadership and stuff like that and i i know it influenced us so dramatically over time yeah for sure and you have you have a lot of the uh the actors that were involved that you know um patrick stewart mm-hmm. one of them that are their co-workers rave about them because of their mentorship their leadership and uh it wasn't just the characters that they were playing, but uh, there's something behind the scenes going on that um, really allowed them for go to go the distance that they did in their series, and uh, uh, that, that's pretty cool to to hear that it wasn't just not just a book or a, a screenwrite. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's actual real life for these people the way they act. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, living into your values is that it's like yeah. that's that happens so much with celebrity where there's the perception of the celebrity and the the values that they have, and then there's and then at some point in the future we get kind of like you know deflated expectations because the reality turns out to not not match up with uh you know what what had been either put forward or what we believed, and uh you know so many of those folks in those shows in in like the Star Trek shows and stuff like that where they 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 truly do live into the values that they've. Uh, or at least they appear to now, you know, I mean, like, hey, who knows, maybe, maybe life will change and we'll find something out, you know, there'll be some tell all book. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so having, when you, you're, you're living, you went from, uh, you went from Philadelphia, so Pennsylvania to Washington state. And then, and then you moved back across the country to North Carolina. And, uh, this is, there's another set of kind of humorous questions that I, I, I sometimes ask our, our guests since I live in the Northeast, a uh, U.S., mm-hmm. So things like, is it soda or pop from where you come from? That's soda. I mean, soda. It's All not. Right. E- it's not even soda. I mean, it's Coke. It's, it's what Coke. flavor? Okay. Soda, it's pop, what Coke. flavor that's... of Coke? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's kind of 
we got a, a culture shock when we moved to Washington State, and they were saying "pop," and you're like, "What is going on here?" And uh, <laughs> I think for the most part, that's kind of waned. Uh, it was more the the older uh, the older um, culture there that is just uh, stuck in the pop era. But um, yeah, over it's good to be back to the East Coast. The West Coast and East Coast do things way differently. I like both sides, but the food on the East Coast is superior in most <laughs> every way. So, uh, I've gained so much weight since I came back. It's crazy. Oh. Uh, so, so getting back to the the, we're on a leadership podcast. I want to make sure we yes. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna close out strong with some some leadership lessons here. So. What, what do you, we, I think we've talked about, you've, you've shared various tidbits over the, the course of the interview here, but if you, you're giving advice, what, what advice do you want to share to our listeners about being a leader in the IT space that, you know, if you, you want to, you've got maybe two or three things that you want to just run down and you say, these are the most important things to me and how I, how I live into my values. I, uh, I don't know if I can give a whole lot. I just, uh. I can tell you how I would like to live and you know, I'm not patting myself on the back because I am learning and trying to do better every day. And, uh, that is kind of one of the, the points that I'd like people to know is that, uh, you got to approach things humbly because <laughs> if you, if you don't, you will be humble. That, that is, we've all been there and mm -hmm. uh, it's inevitable. Uh, and treat people with kindness and respect. Uh, it's we've we've all had um, instances where we've not done that, and it's not been done to us, and it doesn't feel good. And so, uh, yeah, be kind, be respectful, and be humble. I guess would be my three things that I would recommend for anyone. It, it doesn't have to be it. You can mm -hmm. be in any position in any field and you will benefit from those things. There's um, Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's kind of a motivational speaker. I, th I have, yes. Yeah, Simon Sinek. I, he echoes a lot of my morals and my beliefs. And I really uh, I like what he has to say. And um, I think if... Uh, if you tune into some of his stuff, you might you might hear something that you're like, "This just makes sense. Why don't we just do this?" You know, but uh, we're so caught up in the whole game. You know, mm. that was great. Thank you. So, Jason, thank you so much for being on the Dissecting Popular IT Nerds podcast. Uh, we're, we're, so, everyone, looking forward to the next episode. Jason, thank you for your time and investing it with all of us and our listeners today. We we definitely appreciate it, and uh, you know we wish you wish you the best uh, in in your future endeavors as well. Well, thank you very much, and uh, wish you the best as well. <laughs>